Oh, you're just matching, matching me with the... Yeah. It's cute. It is. <laughs> when you're ready, man. Um, good. Yes, sorry. I was thrown. I said, I was thrown because you called me cute. So. <laughs> there's your pre-roll. There's, there's your pre-roll from the thing. Um... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fine Watchers podcast, episode number... 13. 13. Yes. Of season two. Indeed. And this time we are talking about materials of uh, construction, cases, um, bracelets, all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, But as usual, we start with a wrist check. Uh, For me, it is a Zenith... Uh, flyback type uh, to Chrono, which is quite nice. Has the uh, El Primero movement here, which nice. I've said on this pod many times before, uh, is I reckon massively underappreciated. And uh, and in the flyback one, too, one of the greatest of all time. So the, it's, yeah, it's the flyback's a great complication. It's a cool watch. I really like the dial on this one. I like that sort of blasted dial that goes kind of with a blasted case. It's, it's really cool. Um, yeah, nice watch. Alphamera can't beat. Yeah, can't play with Alphamera. So, and this is actually an improvement on the original ones because the original ones were released well before the Alphamera. So this is actually a better watch than the one that was that it's a re-release of. There you go. Well, I'm continuing my trend of trying to be on topic, and so we're talking materials. So I wore a watch with a weird material. Um, I've spoken about this a couple of times now, but I finally have the bracelet to go with it. So if you've been following along, you'll you'll know about this. Uh, this is my Tudor Black Bay 925 Sterling Silver on a stainless steel Uncle Seiko bracelet, which I'm happy to say fits pretty well. And the color difference is not huge, which was my main concern, um, aside from it taking a, like a year to get here, which was insane. It took ages. Um, but yeah, good fit, nice clasp. Everything feels really good. So yeah, I've got my... Uh, Sterling silver on today. Has it tarnished over time? So, yes, I've noticed now, even in the time I've had it, uh, that the case sides especially are starting to go. Uh, just a little darker, a little bit more dull, uh, which I quite like. I, I like it at the moment. We'll talk about, in the materials, the dulling of certain materials and how much I hate it with a passion. Um, but the silver's not been too bad, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with this one. I feel like the, the tarnish will look cool on the crown with the Tudor rose. Like I think that That's a good you'll point. get that darkness. In you'll never see it on my watch. Bits. Uh, It'll be cleaned up before. Yeah, then. clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> well but even then. if you polish just the surface so that the, the indented bits keep the, the darkness, I reckon that'll end up looking really good. Uh-huh. And this Uncle Seiko strap's great. It's good. I think yeah, I got the Jubilee style. Very, I like very it. nice aftermarket manufacturer. I think so. I think so. So, yeah, I'm happy with that one. But, yeah, so like you said, like Ben said, um, materials, um, most watches, as we know, are, are made from stainless steel. That's the that's the, the, the prevailing winds blow to stainless steel, don't they, for, for wristwatches nowadays. Um, however, we're seeing some really, really cool advancements in other technology that we wanted to share with you guys today um, and not just the, the sort of 18 karat gold that we used to from the past. So uh, pick a watch, any watch, Ben. Cool. Let's start here at the front. Big boy style, uh, eh? Hey? Big boy style, IWC, beautiful uh, case, beautiful movement. Um, and this one is? Platinum. Platinum. Platinum, yeah. So that's it's something that we're seeing more of now um, in the higher end platinum 
uh, notoriously difficult to work with, um, needs special tooling, um, obviously a very, very precious metal and a very rare metal. I think costs a lot more than gold to, to manufacture just because of the tooling as well as the price of the metal itself. So we don't often see platinum, but we are seeing more of it on the high end. Um, IWC have, have released this one here in a limited uh, small seconds with a beautiful case back. Uh, we're going to talk movements and case backs in another episode, but yeah, we, we wanted to, to showcase this one because uh, platinum, whilst very rare and very difficult to tool, doesn't have to be extraordinarily expensive. I mean, you can pick this this model up on a strap for you know mid twenties, which is which is a great buy, I think. I read somewhere that the the total amount of platinum ever mined in the world is fits into some ridiculously small space. Yeah, it, like a room. It, it's very very There's rare. There's not much of it at all around. One thing you notice That's why with, it's so expensive. One thing you notice with platinum watches is they tend to not be stamped on case backs or case fronts. They're usually between the lugs. Um, so if you're not sure, because this one actually doesn't have a huge heft to it, which is surprising because platinum watches are generally very heavy. Yeah. Um, this one's surprisingly wearable and manageable. Um, so you might pick this up and go, oh, steel, but if you actually find the little secret between the lugs, you can see that it's um, stamped uh, PT950. Couldn't remember the platinum signal there, PT950, yeah. So it's stamped in, in between the lugs usually. We see some beautiful examples from, from people like FP Jorn. They do some great platinum pieces, but... This nice little IWC. What do you think? What else? What's next? Well, I think that the next logical one, I guess, really is is into the golds. Yes. Um, this one's a rose gold. Yes. Um, it has. Was it copper in it? I think it is. It's a copper zinc alloy. Is it that they yeah. put into it? That makes it a little bit a little bit reddish. That's right. Or rosy. I personally prefer rose. I do too. Over over yellow, certainly for myself. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit more understated. Um, I quite like it. And a little it, more modern, right? Yeah, a bit more modern. And it goes with, uh, I don't know, I find that it works better with, with more, certainly for, for masculine applications, so men's colours and that sort of thing, I think um, rose gold tends to work better. I agree, I agree. And I think it also goes with more skin tones. Uh, which is something to consider, you know. That's uh, great. Not everyone of a paler complexion like my British pasty self can go with a yellow gold, even though I've done it in the past with my when day date that you might have seen on the episodes. But um, rose is just something that I quite prefer as well. I think it's interesting, especially with this, uh, with the Rolex rose gold is very different to other manufacturers' rose golds. Uh, we've got another watch we'll talk about that's got some accents on it of rose gold. Um, but a Vacheron is very, very different to a Rolex, which is different to an AP uh, because of the mix of the alloys that they are putting together because it's not purely yellow gold. Um, you do get some really nice colors of different reds and pinks, um, and I think Rolex do a really nice a nice color of, of rose in their watches. Yeah, I like it, and I really like this one with the sort of brownish, bronzish face. That chocolate uh, color, right? Looks really, really nice together with the rose gold. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's, a, it's. I think it's a nice material. I think it's a really nice alternative to just a plain, you know, sort of white metal, whether that's white gold or, or stainless or even platinum. Exactly. Um, it, it's yeah, it's got a bit of colour to it, a bit of excitement, and uh, yeah, and I quite like the rose rose gold. I, I do think, especially when you go into the Rolex catalogue, if you're going to go rose, you should look for the chocolate dials. They only come on the rose, so go for the go for the chocolate dials because they add something to it. 
um, because you don't often see brown bars nowadays. So I I do quite like that as well. Uh, Well, if we're on there, we'll go go straight to the opposite, right? We'll go to the yellow. Uh, Here we have the the Alangansona Grand Langer 1 in yellow. And classic, right? Classic. That's what yellow gold is, classic. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it works the best on. Uh, I, I don't love sports watches in in gold. Like I think it's gold is a soft alloy and gets damaged and bangs around really easily. Yeah, you know the old thing of of you know cartoon characters biting a coin. Like that's because people used to bite coins to see to put a mark gold. in it and to see because pure gold is very soft. Um, so it just doesn't make any sense to me. But on an application like this where it is this is purely dress watch this is purely you know hot horology you're you're really looking at um it it works it It really works um yeah i love those it's one of my favorite watches ever made (laughs) it's hard to it's hard to sort of put these down it is um i i really like these in in a white alloy as well but um the, the gold certainly works here and uh yeah, I mean, it's look. It's not really about the the specific example, right? Like, it's it's, it's the I mean, material. This this watch looks amazing, regardless of what you make it out of. But um, yeah, to me, yellow gold should really be reserved for for the kind of certainly for certainly for for men's watches, and and I say that men's watches because these days everybody kind of wears what they like. But um, certainly, I think that for for you know this type of dress watch, uh, yellow gold is is appropriate i think for sports not as much uh, i tend to agree I, I think there's some but again like we spoke about this in the last episode there's that that like fuck you energy of a, a sports watch in precious metal we talked about it with the bell and raw so it's just ridiculous um there is that like big fuck you energy that we spoke about recently with the bell and ross of having that sports watch in precious metal it's it's totally impractical, like you say. It's a soft man that's going to scratch, but there's just something kind of cool about that that I, I like. Maybe it's the Gold Coaster in me that I just think, like, yeah, do it. Like, I, we've got a few in the back here, and you can see, like, um, stainless steel Submariners, Skydweller that we've just shown. It's just not stainless steel, um, yellow gold Submariners. I just think they're kind of cool. And again, you know, we talked about with, with platinum being stamped, you know, if you're looking for a, a dress watch or you're looking for a, a yellow gold watch, you should be looking for um, a 750 stamp. Most decent modern dress watches or most decent gold watches nowadays are going to be 18 carat, which is 750. You can find older examples that are going to be plated or you're going to find um, 14 carat every now and again, but realistically, you're going to be looking at 18 carat when you when you look at the You don't want money. any higher than that because it's too soft. It's too soft. Too soft. Yeah. So, it's yeah. too soft. 22 and 24. 24 would just be it would bend on your wrist to be yeah. pathetic. Um, Look, don't get me wrong about the sports watches. I mean, this, you know, this is a great example. That's, that's a tool watch arguably sitting in the sport area. Yeah. Um, given it's, it's sort of hefty shape or whatever. It's not, it's certainly not a, a strictly a dress watch. Um, as you mentioned, so, you know, some of the gold subbies and all that. Like, I, I mean, my comment is really about the intrinsic, it's the principle of it more than, of course, you know what, what, whether I think those watches look good. I think they they look they look good, and there are certainly a lot of watches made out of stuff that there's no business making that particular watch out of it. You know what I mean? But should, should we should we should we elephant uh, on the table? If we're talking about soft not? materials, let's go to the hardest, and uh, we'll go to diamond. 
Um, this is something that some of you out there will hate, some of you will love, and that's the point, all right? It's watches are not for everyone, not every watch is for everyone, so you may love it, you may hate it. I personally don't think I could pull this one off. I've had diamond watches. You've seen my diamond watch that I've had, um, which was a sort of partial, um, but coding watches in diamonds or you know hand setting as this one is this one's um part of my company's uh jewelry selection that we do it's hand set uh we have i think there's 17 carats of hand set vvs1 ef clarity diamonds in here like high high clarity diamonds um you can't scratch it I mean, there's, there's that benefit. You can't scratch it. It's but not it soft anymore. It will scratch the shit out of things around. It will destroy everything around it. But yeah, and look again, not for everyone, but I, I think there's something inherently kind of fuck you energy about it. It's definitely the Wiz Khalifa edition, isn't it? It's, like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny. It feels light. It feels because well, so you're drilling. Yeah. So you're so drilling you're the material out. Some of the alloy. In that, That's yeah, right. Yeah. People don't realize that when they see these diamond watches and you think, oh, there's a lot there, there's a lot of substance. But actually, because you are hand-setting them for the most part, you should be hand-setting them, you're drilling out the material to set the diamond. And diamond weighs less than steel and definitely weighs less than the gold. So, oh, ooh, I just oh, want to see what it feels like. I'm to, excited. To be a baller. Like it's, <laughs> it's really like, they're not for everyone, but I think they're kind of cool. It actually fits. There you go. Walk away it's with too that, small so. for me. I'll do your 41 mil up, mate. Nice and special. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> look again not for everyone but it's definitely not for me no look you know what like I think I think uh, you know we're t- we are really remiss in having in, in the selection of watches that we've put together here because obviously that's come out of you know our collections it's come out of our, our, our both of our businesses stock um, so we, we haven't presented some of the things like this where um you know some some of the beautiful jewelry pieces that that are produced by you know Piaget exactly. and, and you know all these these um, fantastic houses that do um, really really I mean actually this is this is very very nicely done I, I'm, I'm I'm certainly not having a go at this but but that's those it's a different market those things are a piece of jewelry yeah. that are created specifically as, as you know within its own thing as opposed to Almost trying to embellish art. something else. Um, and, uh, you know, we're perhaps a little bit remiss in not having some, some of those things here. And, um, some of those things are mind blowing. The, the, the materials that they use, um, on those, um, some of the enameling, uh, on, on, you know, some of the Jaeger reversos and, and other, draws. I mean, it's amazing. Um, the materials that are used out there, and we'll perhaps drop a few images of, of some of the ones that we, we don't have. If I've done my job well. Well worth that are well worth showing as well. But I mean, if, um, if hardness is something that you're thinking about and you're not wanting that soft alloy, that's where we, we come to the next one specifically with uh, ceramic, which is another good option for for having a watch out of an alternative material, which is still a metal alloy, obviously, than ceramic. This piece here is a, is an AP. It's a bit of a, a dinner plate. It's the AP Legacy Arnold Schwarzenegger um, in ceramic, titanium, and rose gold. So we're hitting a few little. Little sectors there, and you can see the, the difference in the color there. A different look on the wrist, but even on my wrist, it actually works. Massive, <laughs> it works. Really, I think that's massive. It's a big watch. That is aimed a big watch. Massive What's watch. funny is I've sold that twice, and wow. um, it gets traded in after a year or so. It's it's an interesting piece. What do you think 
I mean, we're straying off the straying off the material. But why do you think that is? That market goes up on it. To be honest with you, it's just cashing out. That's what's been the last few times. It's been the market It's yeah, a limited cool. edition. As limited as this gets, I think it's like two and a half thousand pieces. So that's Omega style limited edition. But it's yeah, it's just a rare piece that you don't really come across that often. Yeah, and yeah, big guy. I, I actually quite like the color combinations on this one with that that rose gold numbers and yeah, it's nice. And one. it's it's quite masculine, but. Still, you know, it's an elegance to it. It is a massive watch. But ceramic's a great material because, you know, if you didn't know, ceramic is a lot harder than stainless steel. And it's not usually a huge premium on price on stainless steel. So a ceramic watch, essentially, you can't scratch it. You know, obviously, someone out there will be able to find a picture of scratch ceramic. That's fine. But for the most part, it's not going to scratch. Um, one of the things I tell people is if you, if you, if you've scratched that watch, you've probably broken your arm and the watch is the least of your problems. Uh, it's it's hard. So Omega do some great ceramics in the greys and the grey side of the moon, the dark side of the moon collections. Um, Hublot, um, for all the hate they get online, Hublot pioneer ceramic watchmaking. Like Tudor make a ceramic version of... A Black Bay? Yeah, that's Bay. right. I mean, the, Hublot, the Hublots are doing orange ceramics. I think they're the only people that can do orange. They're doing white, I think purple maybe, Hublot do as well. Like... They do some really cool material stuff, so don't sleep on Hublot. We didn't have one here, but they also make a sapphire watch, uh, which is insane. And again, very, very hard and scratch resistant. So ceramics are a great option for everyday wear because you can't really damage it. One of the things that um, it's straying a little bit off the materials, we're going back to our uh, episode a couple of weeks back about the, the Royal Oaks. One of the things I love about the Royal Oaks is the embedded Cyclops yeah, it's the Panerai so style, right? It the inverted inside. It's not even. I don't think it's actually on the on, on the, the, um, the crystal. on the glass. I think it's in the face. No, but I, I off the top of my head, I don't know. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't know. I think it's fantastic. I think it looks really good. I think it's you know people. Uh, there's there's armies of people who don't like the the Rolex, the Cyclops, Cyclops, um, and this just solves that problem completely. It's fantastic. Well, something I hate in design. In material is the next one, which is bronze. Um, here we have the Tudor Black Bay 58 in full bronze, bronze black bracelet, bronze case. Um, this one's patinaed. It's this is this is why I hate it because bronze fresh out of the case is gorgeous. It's it's a beautiful coppery gold. I just think it's just the most delicious metal fresh out of the case. Six months to a year later, this is what you get. Now, you may look at this online and go, yeah, that looks great. It's, it's unique. It's, it's aged with me. But to me, I just I find it looks dirty. I don't like it. I know I'm probably in the minority there, but I just don't like it. And I, I have a bronze pen that I use every does day. Does green off like copper? It does. Does it? Yeah, you can yeah, force yeah. patina. Guys put like egg whites on them and stuff, and, they force, and it just looks like it's been the bottom of the ocean for 10 years, and I hate it. But some, like, a lot of people love this, and that's why we mention it because it, it's out there for everyone. I don't know. I don't know enough about bronze to comment on. <laughs> no, to, to comment on its durability as as you know, yeah. it, 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 it's its option as a dur from from a durability point of view. I mean, obviously, bronze and and copper and everything is associated with with sailing and with water and with it's fairly hard wearing all that. So I'm, I'm guessing that there must be, uh, and it's and it's such a long standing yeah. alloy in terms of. Human mechanical history, uh, you know, with the Bronze Age sort of preceding just about everything else. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there must be an advantage with it. Look, I agree. I think, 
um, the, the 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 patina on them is is something you either like it or you don't exactly. I think, and uh, I mean, anecdotally, I've had a, we've had a few of these come through the past few years, um, and I've never really had them scratch up too badly. So I don't think it's that bad of a material choice in terms of hardness and wearing, like you say. But yeah, you know, not for everyone. Um, maybe if you, maybe for you know, it, it depends if if you like if you like it. Out of the box, and you're the sort of person who's happy to look after it. Great, it's a bit and of work. If you like a bit of potato, yeah. great as well. So, so another thing that we see, and we're seeing a lot more of now. And we talked about blackout stuff recently, and, and black on black, and so we're seeing a lot of DLC coating, which is diamond-like coating, diamond-like carbon or diamond-like coating. I think it's coating, um, which is a very, very, very hard coating that is put over stainless steel or titanium. Usually, this one's in titanium. Um, the Monaco, the Takoya Monaco Dark Lord. Um, but it's a coating, right, right as opposed to the, yes, the material. It's not, from as I understand, it's not bonded to the material. It's not the material, but it's a coating. But unlike PVD, which you also see, which is a much softer version, diamond-like coating doesn't uh, wear off or it doesn't rub off. You can scratch it off eventually and it will really, really scratch off, but um, much, much more hard wearing than stainless steel and much, much more hard wearing than PVD. So that's a really interesting choice. If you like the, the blackout look, uh, my recommendation is try and find something in DLC, not PVD. Yeah, PVD, uh, unfortunately, there was a huge, well, big, big trend of that, you know, in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, and through to today, but a lot of the uh, examples that you see from the seventies have areas that that are subject to wear are worn. Just rub off, right? And it just rubs off. Yeah. Uh, that's um, so it's it's hard to uh, yeah it's hard to find mint condition PVD. A really pieces. good solution to the blackout issue of being scratched off with PVD and even DLC to some extent is something that we're seeing in a very very recent trend. Very recent trend, the last few years really. Um, and that's carbon. So forged carbon cases. Um, here we have the Formex Essence uh, Legera, which is a forged carbon case and clasp. A few benefits. Obviously, when you scratch it, you're scratching into material, so the scratch will be the color of the material, um, but also the lightweight nature of this material. I, I mean, you feel, it's like you're wearing nothing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Forged carbon is extraordinarily light. It feels lighter even than, than titanium. I think it is, yeah. It is lighter than titanium. Um, and you chuck that on a very light rubber strap and you, you've got a quintessentially sports watch. I mean, yeah, you can run marathons in that thing. And it, it's a great piece. So forged carbon is something that we're seeing now. You get nice patterns that emerge because of the forging process and the carbon process. Um, you'll see on the Laguerre as well, you're actually able to polish um, into a high polish, which is quite nice. So you can get different finish of the material. Um, so, yeah. Looking forward to seeing what that trend does in the next few years with the carbon and the price of carbon coming down in their watch cases. Yeah, I like this one. I, I, I think um, carbon is, is you know, there, there have been lots of different applications of it and including ones where you get that almost uh, Damascus steel 
tight finish where yeah. it was going where you polish across the grain of the, the different layers of, of the carbon as well, um, which I, I really like. This this particular one has a sort of a solid finish. Almost which, like a satin Which is finish, great. Right? I mean, it, it almost looks PVD'd or, or, yeah. or whatever, um, it, but it's, uh, it is it is a solid material in this particular case. But, yeah, no, I, I, I like the direction of carbon and the lightness is cool. Um yeah, I don't know how much lightness is too much though. You know, like I think there's something nice about having a bit of weight on the, the wrist. heft of, of of a watch. Well, on I mean, the wrist. I mean, pick that up and pick up the rose gold. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, it's, it's completely, night and it's, day. No, it's completely. <laughs> it's amazing how different it is. It's nice. So, uh, it's it's amazing. Um, but I think that, I think the crux of it is that right now is a great time in watches because you can get so many different materials, and for the most part, I mean, gold and platinum. I mean, we're talking expensive stuff. Um, for the most part, I mean, you can go vintage and find things, but the cost of materials is coming down so nicely that you know things like carbon a few years ago were really expensive because they were cutting edge. Now they're affordable. I mean, the, the essence of the gear is like three grand. I think it's interesting. Right. I think it's interesting. Like though you say that, that like the the trend in materials tends to be in in one direction though. So like a perfect example here is is. The blackness, like it's a lot of it, is around yeah. black. Um, where you know, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the you know the vintage side of things, where you know people manufacturers they they do either a steel or or you know a PVD case, but there were colours on the dial and things like that. So I think it's yeah. it's um it, you do see crazy pieces like um you know that that purple hublot that you mentioned yep. and and. The Richard Mill um, um, all crystal cases and all those sorts of things, but overall the trend, great. but the trend tends yeah. to go towards uh, you know that that still monochromatic thing. And if it's black, it's got a black or a white face, and then you know. So I I, I say right direction, keep going, more color, more, more color. interest, yeah, more no, color, more interest. I I really like that uh, myself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good summary of, of uh, we, we've kind of shown a good cross section of, of the different materials. Um, I think that we've sort of touched on the advantages and disadvantages of some. They all have their advantages and disadvantages, yeah. and I think the important thing is when you're looking at a watch for yourself, um, have a look into the the advantages and disadvantages of each of the materials that you you're considering, because. Um, you know, not only new ones, but you know, any watch that's coated, there is a chance you're going to bang it on um, um, something. And if it's not a solid material, there's a chance it's going to scuff. And if you've got a black watch, a scuff that I'd, otherwise you wouldn't notice, you're going to notice. So if you scuff a PVD and, watch, it's over. Yeah, you can't. You can't do anything about it. You can't do it's over. terribly much about that. So short of rebooting Redoing the whole wish, thing, which yeah. is, but um, but do, do basically the, the answer is sort of to consider the lifestyle in which you're going to wear it. You know, if you if you are going to actually wear your yacht master on a yacht, maybe stainless steel, yeah, because that's the one that's going to take the most knocking around, uh, as opposed to you know an eighteen karat gold one or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it is that you know case materials uh, consider the use whatever you're doing and, yeah. and make sure that uh, it's appropriate for what you need rather than just the colour because there are actually consequences for getting it wrong. Yeah, and guys, let us know what you think. You know, put in the comments below. We say this every time. We love the comments that you guys are putting there and the community that's building. Um, the fine watches community is becoming bigger and bigger every day and we're really, really proud of that and we're really happy. 
Um, let us know. What's your material choices of preference? Do you agree with what we said today? Do you like bronze and fuck me? Or do you hate bronze and fuck him? Like, <laughs> let us know, okay? Um, put in the comments and be sure to like and subscribe. You can catch Ben on Instagram at finewatchesau. You can catch myself at GC Watch Guy. And as always, from the Fine Watchers podcast, from Lewis and myself, until next time, enjoy. Take care.